Welcome back to New Rockstars. This is the big question, quarantine edition. It's a show that gives you too much information about which superheroes will be on the front lines when the working class rises up to eat the rich. Hey! Yikes. I'm Eric Voss. Here talking Homeless Avengers with Philip Molina. Eric, as soon as we started this episode, I immediately got that sensation that I might have a booger. <laughs> can, can, can you tell me if I do? It's right here, Ray. It's looking at me. You're good. You're fine. Great, booger free. I'm curious this week about the superheroes who are struggling right now, not just against supervillains, but like, Struggling with the same kind of stuff you and I struggle with that we're all struggling with right now. Money. Yeah. I want to know who makes it work on a working class salary. Who is the poorest superhero? To be clear, before you guys think we're making light of this, like Eric said, we are all so broke. I have literally <laughs> in my life, I've never been this broke. I'm just laughing about it now where it's just like, oh, really? Negative money? Well, good luck finding it. Bank, the point is that despite being so incredibly broke, we are still capable of great, amazing things as long as they don't cost us money. So these heroes, I've been thinking about uh, who else is really broke and yet still does amazing things as heroes. So obviously we're not talking about Batman or Iron Man because they are billionaires. Yeah, those guys. <laughs> oh my god, are you crying? Oh no, it's just raining. <laughs> yeah. By the way, there are so many billionaire superheroes. It's like weird that in our world there are no billionaire superheroes, but they're Black Panther, Professor X, Mr. Fantastic, Scrooge McDuck. All of them are billionaires and we should eat them all. <laughs> we absolutely should. You know, it kind of makes you wonder, why aren't the billionaires of our real world doing more? Yeah, the uh, Uncle Sam, the richest of them all. So we know who probably is the richest, or we have good guesses at that. But yeah, so who's probably the poorest? Well, first of all, just in trying to figure this out, you realize so many heroes, you kind of have no idea how they make any of their money. So I kind of just want to go through some of those first so we can get an understanding of how do they even make money. Often, by the way, it's kind of paired with their secret identity, which is stupid because if you can pick your own secret identity, pick billionaire playboy and then you are just set. But most of them instead pick poor person, like me. <laughs> or even if not billionaire playboy, you could be like Clark Kent, right? He's His secret identity is gainfully employed. He's basically like yeah. a New York Times writer and a columnist, so that would put him making between, I looked this up, between $150,000 and $300,000 a year, depending on his Whoa, leadership. that's how much New York Times writers are making? Yeah, you almost did that job and then you pussied out. <laughs> That would be why I got such a big kill fee for an article they never ran exactly. because I was a baby. If you're a columnist, you make so much money. But so, okay, let's talk about the people who are less obvious. We don't really know their jobs. Okay. So uh, I'm just going to pair some of these together. So let's talk about Cap and Bucky. How are they doing? Well, here's the thing that's very fun that turned up in my research about this. Cap was in the army, right? Uh-huh, right. Was assumed dead. Turns out he was not dead. He never died. So, and this is now confirmed by the U.S. Army, like the real U.S. Army. <laughs> Technically, if this happened, he is owed 66 years of back pay from the army. Whoa. They actually would yeah. pay this. The army, they wouldn't get too specific, but they did agree officially they would owe him more than $3 million. Okay. He right. also, uh, he gets VA benefits. Not that I need healthcare, I mean, just like give it to anyone else. No, I don't think I will. 
but also yeah. this is from the comics active duty avengers in the 80s were getting paid twenty five hundred dollars a week if you adjust that for inflation now they, that's like two hundred and eighty six thousand dollars a year if you're on the current roster of the avengers and he was for about four years until Civil War, so that's another million bucks he has right there. Which makes sense. I mean, there's a lot of hazard pay that's baked into that. That's that's a fair amount to pay Avengers. Right. Now, Bucky, on the other hand, very similar situations, oh. and yet he wasn't an Avenger, so he didn't have that. He also was technically an enemy of the state. So sure, he probably yeah. doesn't have that back from the army, but here's what he does have that they both qualify for: social security checks. Ooh, so, ching, 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 ching. Exactly, the free money you get for surviving America. Uh, he, <laughs> he, they both can get that. They're both eligible. And I mean, like, let's be honest: if he gets like in dire straits, sell that metal arm, baby. Oh yeah, take that to any pawn shop. How much are you gonna get out of this? These things are very, very common. I'd give you forty bucks for it. I can guarantee you they don't go for more than that. They'll take yeah. that off your hands. Well, they'll take that off your shoulder, actually. <laughs> All right, so then speaking of people who are our former enemies, uh, Black Widow, obviously, uh, at one point was not exactly on our side. Her and Hawkeye, though, have both been on the S.H.I.E.L.D. payroll for years. And Great. since okay. S.H.I.E.L.D. isn't quite governmental, we can assume that they actually are probably making closer to the private contractor rates that you would get for like being a mercenary or an elite soldier. So we're talking at least one hundred fifty dollars to $250,000 a year. Which is pretty good, but you gotta imagine, I bet they're spending a lot of that on work expenses, like, you know, uh, recharges on the Widow's Bite and uh, new arrows. Like, that. that's not right. cheap. Exploding arrows, especially. Also, oh, yeah. S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. like went down, too. So I figure, like, worst case scenario, Hawkeye has that amazing, beautiful farmland that he apparently does oh, no yeah. farming on, so they could easily start like a summer camp together. He could teach archery. Oh, yeah. She could teach murder and ballet. It'd be beautiful. Yeah, or they could just buy a bunch of like tigers and big cats and set up some cages and uh, turn it into a zoo. Oh my God. I am never gonna financially recover from this. They can buy a zoo. Tiger, cats, murder, ballet. We bought a zoo. <laughs> Tiger Cat's Murder Ballet. <laughs> Tiger Cat's Murder meat, Ballet. Meat Body Blood a, Balloon. Did you say Meat Body blood, blood Balloon? What was it? Meat Bag meat Blood Bloody Balloon. Meat Body Balloon. Oh, sure. Meat <laughs> Bag Blood Balloon. Speaking of making their own businesses, too, I just want to throw this out there really quick. Wonder Woman. We're not sticking just uh, Marvel here. Across almost every version of the comics, so not even just like some weird obscure one, Wonder Woman has an agent, and not mm. only does her agent book her appearances with like major fees, her agent, in a lot of versions of the comics, has worked out a licensing deal for for her so she has all kinds of Wonder Woman toys and merch she makes a she's good basically she's like a Kardashian I will literally f you up <laughs> if you mention it again don't laugh like that oh wow I mean that's probably the most realistic in an economic sense depiction of like a superhero in comics they would all have agents none of them would be good with contracts they'd all be economically <laughs> exploited so if they're famous they should have someone representing them Daredevil would probably be good with contracts because he's a lawyer but Oh, do yeah. they make them in Braille? That's f***ed up. They do, they do. They have to print it all in Braille. What's a Braille printer like? Bumpy. No, no, no. Speaking of making your own money, just basically say you don't have to worry about Doctor Strange or Scarlet Witch. Scarlet Witch can manipulate mm. odds, so she goes to Vegas or the horse track and she's good. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, she can actually cancel out Domino's, like good odds, by the way. Yeah, I was gonna say, that's like Domino's power, but she's yeah, got she that too, that's it. crazy. Yeah, 
Doctor Strange, in my research, he actually has run into money problems because he thought he was still rich, but he's not. He wasted all his surgeon money. But he literally, this really happened. He used to just sell stuff from the Sanctum Santorum, like precious <laughs> gems and shit. He'd just like sell it just to make money. So Wong got really mad at him. So he was like, fine, I'll do it the other way. And he just made a huge pile of cash. And then his money problems were solved. He should have started that way. I guess the rules of like Harry Potter where poor wizards are still poor, they can't just like conjure gold. That should apply to Dr. Strange. That's some bullshit. There needs to be like a Bernie Sanders in the Harry Potter world that's like, why can't wizards make their own money? My Bernie Sanders sounds like a ghost, by the way. You must repent! (laughs) I endorse you, but only if I can haunt your dreams, Joe. To be fair, Joe Biden has been dead for six years. (laughs) So here's the meat of it. Who's not doing great? We're talking like you and me level of poor. Uh, yeah. First of all, there's kind of an obvious one if you think about it. Just Spider-Man, right? Spider-Man, oh, yeah. Spider-Man in the definitely. MCU, currently just a student, and then he's you know under the care of an aunt who's an ER nurse, who of course oh should be paid so much money, but realistically not. Oh paid yeah, very now much. more than ever. Yeah. Uh huh. But here's what's interesting. You're like, well, no, he goes on to have work in the comic stuff. So sure, he becomes the photojournalist that we know that he becomes, and he takes all those pictures of Spider-Man, except. So if you watch the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies, he negotiates, uh, he gets $300 for four pictures of Spider-Man that were a lot of work to get. He had to like defeat villains to get these pictures. Yeah. Uh, But then in (laughs) Spider-Man 3, Eddie Brock, Topher Grace, negotiates it down because he's willing to do it cheaper to just $50 per picture. So he's almost getting nothing already. And then that was back then. Turns out, in my research about photojournalism, it's a dying career. They actually pay less for pictures right now than they ever have before because of the internet. Oh yeah, everyone's got a phone. Everyone can quickly upload pictures from the event, from all kinds of angles onto Twitter. They don't really need to pay for a journalist to go get in harm's way to try to get a picture anymore. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah, he's still in the comics, he becomes a teacher, he does a bunch of other stuff, but like, Pretty right, consistently yeah. stuff that does not pay very well. And isn't the whole like Spider-Man webbing, that was initially a, a money-making opportunity that he tried to sell it, but he couldn't keep it from dissolving. It's like uh, he should have done the 3M glue that turned into post-its because it wasn't strong enough, but that was already <laughs> taken, I guess. I, even if you just think about money-making, he could go back to wrestling, but the problem is now everybody knows that he's Spider-Man, so they'll be like, this guy he's cheating <laughs> test him for steroids yeah. test him for radioactive spider up next oh this one hurts we gotta talk about my boy luke cage oh this yeah poor poor guy he somehow scrounged up enough money to put together his own bar and then oh, Kilgrave right, yeah. made him blow it up yeah. and then you'd be like oh well you know he maybe he'll get an insurance payout from that here's the thing one for some reason he couldn't put the bar under his own name, so he used a fake identity to create the bar, uh, which already, so he has, it's all fake and it's all under the table. But on top of that, try going to your insurance company and say, yes, I was the one that blew up my bar, but I would like money, please. I mean, those insurance companies, even if it was an act of God, they're gonna find a way to make it your fault so they don't have to pay you out. So you know, you remember from when you burned down your apartment. Right, yeah, they found, they're so sly, those investigators. They see through everything. Well, you left a note for yourself. Right, I did. Well, how am I gonna remember to burn my apartment down? (laughs) I have Um, a goldfish brain. Buy eggs, burn down apartment, sell (laughs) eggs for money. He also, after that whole Jessica Jones storyline, he worked in a barber shop, not as a barber, but as that like the, the sweeping boy, just picks up the loose hair. Where I go, the barbers do their own sweeping. 
Oh, really? That is not common. Oh, we don't go to these fancy barber shops where they have a, a boy just to sweep and another boy just to open the door. I, it sounds like uh, you go to a barber shop where none of the barbers cut your hair. They let the sweep boy practice on you. He also uh, almost gets evicted. No matter what's going on, he can't even pay his rent. But you shouldn't be hopeless because he saves his landlord from some thugs. She forgives some of his rent. Basically, he gets the idea for Heroes for Hire and he monetizes his power. So he's on the upward trajectory. He's an opportunist. This guy yeah. figured it out. Bootstraps, yanked, <laughs> rips through feet into the space. <laughs> so let's just move on to poor, poor Ant-Man. The guy, Ooh. I don't know if you remember, he was working at Baskin Robbins, earning <laughs> minimum wage. We know he wasn't doing great already then. Plus, think about that job and paying child support, not yeah. doing great. Somehow he scrounges up enough money to open his own security business. Kilgrave makes him blow it up. No, but that'd be very funny. <laughs> Kilgrave just made everyone blow everything up that they worked on. <laughs> New rock stars. <laughs> no, still it, it gets messed up because Luis manages it into the ground. That fancy raspberry filling represents a company's rent mm. and we're days away from going out of business. Oh, out of business. Days away? Damn, truth him. So he loses uh, basically all of that. He's just not doing great in general. So Ant-Man leading a sad life, but at least he looks perma 33. And at least somehow he affords an, a house in San Francisco. Even like uh, CEOs can't afford houses in San Francisco. He went to Kentucky. He saw a cheap house, shrunk it, put it on an airplane, mm. brought it over to San Francisco, found a plot of land, blew it up. Exploded, kill grave, killed, kill. <laughs> killed whatever people were sleeping on that plot of land. In <laughs> yeah, that moment. exactly. Dead. Quickly, I'll mention just hopping back over to DC for a sec. There actually are some rich Robins. Like Tim Drake is independently wealthy, uh, but oh. Dick Grayson is so poor. He obviously, you know, he was already like a carny, basically. Uh, and then Batman takes him, and you're like, well, Bruce Wayne. No, Bruce Wayne gives him a tiny allowance, and it's such a oh. small amount. Lisa, I want some more. That the poor kid wants to get Batman a birthday present, but he doesn't have enough money with his allowance. Hey, how much money do you have? Oh, like 69 cents. Uh, you know what that means? I don't have enough money for chicken nugget. So he has to get a job <laughs> as a golf caddy to be able to oh, afford a present yeah. to just give it back to Batman. What a brainwashed kid. Oh, this poor kid. Hey, I don't feel any pity for him though, because like, it's basically saying the kids are billionaires, right? It's like, daddy doesn't give me enough of an allowance, but he still lets me use the property and the grounds, the mansion. It's like, you little asshole, you're still rich. You're still gonna inherit a shit ton of money. Shut up. Maybe, I don't know. They don't get along so well. The only reason I don't feel bad for him is because Dick Grayson that dude <laughs> so much. <laughs> do you think Batman holds his inheritance over him? Like, mm, if you bring home that girl again, you might get written down to the will. I don't know why he's British now. <laughs> That's Alfred, like Alfred saying that. Yeah, he's yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> Master Bruce says, if you don't bring home a white girlfriend. <laughs> oh, God. Alfred racist, right? racist. I want to explain, my mind only went there is because I feel like 80% of the situations where kids are written out of wills, it's always racism based. This is you digging your hole. Oh no, my chair's spinning. <laughs> Hold on. These chairs. <clears throat> ah, there we go. Whoa! Is it weird that we're in the same kind of chair, but in completely different sides of the continent? Mm-hmm. Antarctica? It makes us feel closer than ever. So finally, this is my guess for who is the poorest, poor sap hero of them all, who okay. doesn't happen to be like a swamp creature. So, sorry, swamp thing. Oh. Because, I, I mean, that dude's nothing. But of the actual people we know, you sure I don't have a booger? 
I don't see one in there. I just feel it at the entrance. The poorest of them all, this might surprise you, Bruce Banner. <gasps> what? So I know, super respected scientist, we associate him with uh -huh. all this amazing stuff, but even if he was a well-respected scientist, unless he has a ton of really amazing patents under his belt, he actually didn't get paid that much. And then if you think about it, he hasn't even done that job in like over a decade. It's been so long oh, since sure. he's been a working scientist. He's been on the run trying not to, you know, hulk out. And then he literally went to space for like a really long time. Uh, <laughs> and if you're even referencing the Hulk from the old TV show, that one, that Bruce Banner is famously a drifter. Oh, he's homeless. Yeah. Yeah. Very sweet guy. He struggles. But here's also probably the biggest issue of all and why he's just permapore. Bruce Banner is technically liable for any of the charges associated with Hulk's destructive path. <laughs> this means, yeah. I looked into it, there's no insurance for this. He is millions and millions of dollars in debt to various cities, to Harlem. I mean, it's like, you know he has just debt collectors calling him, but he can't take the call because then he'll make him angry and then he'll smash something. Then he'll be more in debt, which is exactly my own life that I'm currently living by the way. Yeah, so unfortunately, because of his Hulk side, there's no way that guy's ever gonna be out of debt. I declare bankruptcy! We're sure in the MCU, the, the most poverty we've seen by a superhero has been by Bruce Banner. He was the one who was homeless, sleeping on the streets of Mexico and Guatemala. And then even in the Avengers, when we catch up with uh, Ruffalo, Bruce Banner, he's basically doing gigs as a doctor, going to place to place in Calcutta. And then a little girl rips him off. He's like, I should have gotten paid first. Yeah, that's the poor guy. guy. Long story short, to answer your question, Eric, Tony Stark was probably the one that paid for the shawarma. Well, thank you, Philip. That was a very <laughs> enlightening thing to think about all these people through the same context that we view our lives in. Because our lives are a matter of dollars and cents, right? We're not looking at, like, uh, times we saved the world piece. No yeah, and, and let's acknowledge, again, it's these heroes are making no money, but they're still heroes. And that's obviously the case with currently what we're learning about our teachers and our first responders and our healthcare workers. Nobody makes enough money to do the terrible things they do, like take care of children. Yeah, you know, uh, in general, right now, life is, uh, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of things to stress you out, whether it's like, how am I gonna afford uh, my rent? Or like, am I still gonna have my job in six months? Just in general, there's a lot of things stressing us out. I feel like one good thing we can do is just like, hit the pause button and chill and relax. After our weekly Friday meetings, like we started doing this thing where we just like keep the meeting going. Yeah, and, we talked uh, about this last week. Yeah, and it's been honestly like the best part of my week is just like connected with each other. And uh, we crack open some beers, which thanks to our friends at Coors Light, we've been able to do. Yeah, I also like that it signifies now is the weekend, which was very hard to track before. Yep. Now, as you know, the mountains on your can of Coors Light and bottles turn to blue when it's chilled to perfection. It's really guys like the perfect beer for just chilling as it's cold and it's crisp. For you guys that were worried about those six pounds I gained the other week, uh, I've been drinking Coors and I've still re-lost three of those pounds, which is not too hard to do because it's only 105 calories. And that's why Coors Light is the one we choose when we need a moment of chill. When you need to reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Reminder, you can have Coors Light delivered to you by going to get.coorslight.com and they have a bunch of local delivery options for you. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Oh, 
Okay, on to some bite-sized questions that I'm gonna answer. Hit me with those cues. We have some of my favorite bite-sized questions this week, by the way. I'm jealous that you're answering these. Okay, this one comes from uh, Ryan Thomas at Time for Yeats. Uh, theoretically, can Hulk throw a bowling ball at the moon and hit it? And if so, what kind of damage he gonna do to the moon? If the moon was made of <laughs> spear ribs, would you throw a bowling ball at it? It started as Bill Cosby, and then I remember that wasn't Cosby, that was uh, Harry Carey. Harry Carey. I shared this one on Twitter, and it was like one of my favorite threads. I got a lot of research and uh, science help from uh, Robert and Scott and Ray and Chris. You guys were great, many others. Okay, so here's what we were able to figure out. Earth's escape velocity is 11.186 kilometers per second, or yeah. kilometers per second. So just to explain, escape velocity is the velocity at which the sum of an object's kinetic energy and gravitational potential energy is zero. It allows you to escape the Earth's orbit, mm -hmm. and you can break Earth's gravity and drift off into space towards things like the moon. The problem is, if Hulk, for whatever reason he would want to throw a bowling ball at the moon, say Mad he at it. that seven-tenths split, or yeah, the bowling ball is just the thing within his grasp. Unlike a, a lunar rocket, a bowling ball doesn't have like an ongoing force emitted from a rocket booster that allows it to continue propelling and propelling. It would need all of its force to break that orbit in Hulk's initial throw. Also, you run into the problem that the bowling ball is made of a material that would probably melt when it was going through the atmosphere due to the heat and the friction. Uh, but it would depend on whether that bowling ball's core is either made out of iron oxide, as many of them are, or ceramic, because some right. bowling balls apparently have ceramic cores. If, it, if it's ceramic, it could survive that heat because it has a higher melting point. Which is why your toilet bowl survives your heat. That's right. I sit on it for hours and the friction causes the lava it to flow. explode. Yeah. Yeah. So there was an article written for Wired by Rhett Elaine, and he did the math on how hard Superman would have to uppercut someone's head to send them into space. So it's kind of comparable because a human head weighs eight pounds. We learned that from uh, Jerry Maguire. Yeah. And, uh, and, and many bowling balls, at least a light bowling ball is eight pounds. Most of them are heavier than that. But let's use that as an example. His math, because he did lots of math using the air resistance, using heat, using uh, trajectory, all that stuff. 4.2 trillion Newtons in order to overcome Earth's gravity to hit escape velocity at the point it would need to break Earth's orbit, okay? Holy so, if Hulk throws the ball with that force, accounting for air resistance, even atmospheric heat, theoretically, the bowling ball could escape Earth's orbit, but Hulk would also have to calculate trajectory because he's aiming for the moon. He's not just trying to get it out to space. So based off of where he is on the Earth, he would have to basically curve the ball uh, at that exact angle in order to strike the moon, because it's a small target. I used to have a video game where monkeys threw bananas at buildings. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you remember that? And you had to put in the angle and the force. <laughs> it's the same thing, Philip. Yeah. Uh, now, just to answer the other part of the question, what would it do to the moon? At that point, just by escaping Earth's uh, gravity, the ball ne wouldn't necessarily be moving at like a super strong speed or momentum. So it would probably just hit the moon make like a meteorite style crater in it. Uh, unless we're talking the comics like World Breaker Mode Hulk, where he can smash planets. But that's like a comics version of the Hulk that's completely ignoring physics and it's not even worth having the So the moon survives all that Yeah, at that point, when you, when you uh, send like a lunar rocket to the moon, it doesn't smash the moon. And that has way bigger mass Are you than sure a bowling it ball does. Smash the moon. 
Have you yeah. seen the footage of when they landed on the moon and it f***ed it up? <laughs> they did have reverse thrusters, but like, exactly. uh, they, they, that's when they were trying to land men on the moon. But they, they definitely shot stuff at the moon, and, uh, and it doesn't blow up the moon. We're lucky the moon hasn't tried to hit us back. By the way, you know uh, that the moon was waiting. created from like probably a comet or something hitting Earth and then spit it out into a little moon. Anyway, little next question. Big eyebrow. I feel you, bro. Uh, on Twitter, at Captain Brow, you really underline this, uh, how big, how big would Steve Rogers be if he started out with the height and body structure of Dwayne The Rock Johnson before he gets the super soldier serum? How big would he get? So there's a couple ways to answer this amazing question. So in uh, Captain America The Winter Soldier, he goes to the Captain America Museum, and they actually give us some numbers. They show that Skinny Steve, played by Leander Dini, the body double in the first movie, was 5'3 and weighed 95 pounds before the serum. The transformation into Buff Steve led to him being 6 feet tall and 240 pounds after the serum. That would mean a 14% increase in height and a 153 increase in weight. Which makes sense, the taller you get, you get a lot heavier for every inch you yeah. gain. Yeah. yeah, you grow out. You grow out more than you grow up, right? Lucky. So let's look at The Rock's numbers. <laughs> the Rock's numbers are reported as he's 6'5", and he weighs 260 pounds. So with those same size increases, if you were to just imply the same numerical increases that Skinny Steve got, uh, The Rock would be 7'3", and 658 pounds. Holy <laughs> That's a lot of mass. So, just to give you some context, that's two inches taller than Shaq, but double Shaq's weight. In theory, Steve Rogers' incredible growth was actually the result of him already being weak and skinny to begin with. And that weakness made him more appreciative of strength. It made him more heroic and more brave because he had to go into a lot of fights knowing he would lose. And it's those qualities that amplify the serum, according to Dr. Erskine. So, Theoretically, if Steve began with the body of the rock, he probably wouldn't have lost as many fights. He probably would be a bit prouder, more aggressive, more vain about his body. So he wouldn't have those inner qualities that caused the growth to be so expansive. We know it was the same kind of serum that uh, Blonsky took to become Abomination in the Hulk movies, and he didn't get bigger, he just got more aggressive, and then he took this diluted version of Banner's blood to become Abomination. So like, uh, you know, uh, and just not to talk too much about the Dwayne Johnson because he's he's a great guy. He cares about his fans. He's and very Dwayne, I've always liked you. So Eric is the one that you should yeah. be mad at. He's a great guy. I want to hang out with him. But he also refuses to lose a fight in any of his movies. Eric, how did you manage to angle this question into sharing your beef with The Rock? You use The Rock as an example. He's, he seems like an all right guy. I'm just saying, like, uh, bodybuilders who've spent their entire lives crafting their bodies to look that way and to get huge don't want to think about, like, losing fights. Uh, they're coming back from other things where they grew up, like, losing fights or getting beat down. They, they needed some kind of motivation. So I don't think they're thinking about, like, how much more can I improve on this? You don't uh, think The Rock grew up getting his ass kicked? Have you seen the 90s picture of The Rock? He was a big guy, but he was, what, he was from Miami. He's probably getting in some fights. You're from Miami. You know how violent that place can be. I've died every time I've gone to Miami. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on. All right, we have time for one mailbag question. What have we got this week, Philip? What's something that exists on the internet of you that you wish you could erase, but you cannot? <laughs> why, why are we supposed to share this? 
Well, there's Philip and I both have a lot of stuff so that much. we're ashamed of. And we're not going to direct you to it. If you find it, we're not going to acknowledge that it's ours. But there's there's some things that yeah. I, I think we can give them a couple of clues. No, of what these uh, well, first are. of all, real quick, I have been deep faked in everything you've ever seen. Oh, hi, Mark. I've been deep faked by you, Philip, in several things. What are you talking about? <laughs> there's been a lot of um, X-rated things that uh, I can't erase because they're online now. I but, tried to uh, find that picture recently because it used to. I don't know if you remember. It used to show up whenever you would type Eric Voss in Google and go to images. <laughs> it was, it like was one of the top result. pictures, but recently it, it suddenly stopped showing up there. But we'll oh, get it good! Back. Thank God we'll there there is an internet god. I have a story to this. It's not gross. Um, so when Philip and I first moved to LA, we moved out here to do comedy and to do live comedy and, and comedy writing. Uh, one of our favorite shows was Thirty Rock. The reason we liked it is everyone on that cast and the writing staff did improv, which is what Philip and I spent all of our college years doing. Uh, so like Tina Fey and Jack McBrayer and Judah Friedlander and Scott Adsit, they oh, all did stuff staff, at Second City yeah. and I.O. Um, yeah, and then the writing staff had Donald Glover, uh, who did stuff at UCB. Uh, Aubrey Plaza played a page on that show, and that she was an NBC page, uh, and that's how like she was able to get that job. And so I kind of idolized the character Kenneth the Page because Jack McBrayer, I'd seen old videos of him doing improv. So I was like, when I first got out here, I'm like, oh, I'll be a CBS page. And that was my first job. I wore a red blazer. I gave the tours. I managed live studio audiences. I remember you you asked me to take a picture to send to your parents because you were so proud yeah, yeah. of that job. I was so proud and I was like, this is going to be my start. Well, <laughs> one month into the job, I was pranked. I was pranked into appearing on an episode of a travel documentary series that I did not give my consent, but because I worked on the lot, it was already in my uh, start paperwork that Do I, know I might this end story? up on camera for something. I don't know. You I might. I don't think I know this. Okay, well, this uh, travel show was hosted by a young guy who's actually a moderately well-known influencer and comedian, and I'm not going to tell you his name or what the name of the show was because I don't want you to find it. I don't want to make it seem like I'm, I'm talking because he's Co actually cover a your really, mouth really funny and, guy. and say it so I know who it is. Okay, uh huh. He he has like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that you mentioned that. It, it was very memorable, actually, now that, now that I think about it. So this is a guy, he, he's like a comedian. He won a contest for a new uh, cable network that was launching, and he got this travel show. So this dude showed up unannounced when I had the busiest shift. I was coordinating the live audience for a very popular game show. And in my job, in, the, in that shift rotation, I was the guy who had to tell people to go home, and I had to turn them away. And they would yell at me, but like, I... It, you can tell people what show it was. F*** or no f yeah, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> Very popular. Still Wayne um, Brady hosting. So I was, yeah, I was overwhelmed. I had to like write, uh, I had to have people process their paperwork. I had to keep people calm for three hours as they were waiting to get into the studio. This asshole shows up and he <laughs> spends the whole morning pestering me because his producers are like, that's the guy you're going to bother. That's going to be our Kenneth the Page and you're going to like rattle him. And they thought it would be so funny to have this stiff like nerd in his red jacket uh, get rattled by their comedian host and like be pranked and like they didn't talk to me about this but like they didn't know I was like also a comedian also an improviser and like whenever I tried to do funny bits to like yes and him and respond everyone shut down the yeah. guy would stop playing along and the producers would make me stop and redo it and I'm like I'm trying to do my job right now but like they didn't give a shit. and I remember one of the bits was uh, so the idea was the host of the show was like bribing me to let him sneak backstage to the show to get on the show. 
And uh, and he had like a $5 bill that they gave him that he's gonna try to stuff in my pocket. So when he handed me that, I played along and my I, like my response was like, you're just gonna give me five bucks? Like, give me a 20. They don't pay me enough here. I'm starving to death. Just give me something, <laughs> please. I'll, I'll, I'll do anything for $20. And as I was like doing that character bit, they, they shut it down. They're like, no, 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 no. Because they wanted me to like be confused and be fuddled and like awkward and get a raw reaction because they thought that would be more right. authentic and right. funny. I'm like, just bring me in on the bit so we could go home. My sister actually saw this on TV. I didn't think anyone would see it. Wow. Uh, and she called me making fun of me. She's like, why were you such a nerd in this? Like, why were you funny? Huh. Uh, and so you can find this final version. It exists somewhere on YouTube. But like, I look super lame. My name is spelled wrong in the Chiron. <laughs> uh, they use the worst take. And I actually just, I had to stand there and straight man the comedian and pretend like I was uncomfortable and awkward. But like, I went backstage and came back and said, I pulled some strings. They're going to let you backstage after all. Um, That's your big moment. Yeah. And this is like my first TV appearance. And I was like, this sucks. Like, I, I took this job thinking it would be, like, my first launch pad into fame, and I just felt like <laughs> I was exploited, and no one had me sign a release form or anything. They, they were just like, oh, yeah, this loser. Like, I hate the prank shows where, like, the butt of the joke is someone who has, like, the worst job. It's people yeah. who are just trying to do their job. Like, punked is fine because you're pranking a celebrity, right. and it's fun to watch celebrities freak out. But, like, me, I'm just, like, a kid. I have no respect for anyone that would ever prank you in any way whatsoever. <laughs> you are okay. a delicate flower, and yeah, you should be appreciated yeah, yeah. in a museum and from a distance. <laughs> I belong in a museum. <laughs> Careful, light. I don't. I haven't pranked you them, except <laughs> I was. I gave that guy. <laughs> that has to be cut because that's how they'll find him. Dude, there's so much. You and I both know. Like we have a lot of the same stuff, uh, and again, our OnlyFans. <laughs> five five bucks a, a year and you, and you can have access to all of it. You know what? We're going to do it free. We're like Pornhub. Free promo sure. right now. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No. The one thing that, that comes to mind right now at least, but I could probably have a, a hundred answers to this question, uh, is when I was starting out in YouTube, it was so important to like collab. Like you got to appear on mm. other people's stuff. That's the only way you'll grow. And so I had no collabs with anybody. I was making my own channel with these stupid little sketches. Uh, and I, I had an opportunity with someone who had a channel that had a ton of subscribers. They're like, you can come up here on a show of mine. And it was a trivia show. And I was like, oh, I'm pretty good at trivia. Uh, I, I'm, I'm excited about that. Uh, and then I get a text, um, like, maybe a month before that's like, mm. hey, you're still going to do the trivia thing? I'm like, yeah. yeah. And they're like, how hairy are you? What? <laughs> well, that was the first trivia oh, question. No. I'm so excited. <laughs> no. And I was like, not too hairy? And they're like, okay, say you're really hairy, though. And I was like, okay, I'm really hairy? And then so there, there was an email that came through with like a producer on it and they're like, and it's like, here's the date, we're gonna shoot all this stuff. Uh, and they're like, how hairy are you? And I was like, oh man, so hairy. And they're like, perfect. <laughs> uh, so I said I was really hairy, but I'm not. Uh, and so then it's like, it's coming closer to that date. And then I find, I started like, trying to research, what the fuck are they talking about? And I find <laughs> they have a trivia show on this channel, but it's one where you're shirtless and they are waxing you if you get anything wrong. They wax your hair off. Um, and I guess they were gonna like spring that on me at last moment. 
Uh, and so at this time, I'm like, I'm gonna be like kind of naked on this channel. So I start to like make sure I'm in the best shape I can be, which at the time I thought was like as skinny as possible, like a little fucking beanpole. <laughs> uh, I was hanging out with you too much at that time. Uh, and you were just so skinny. So I like crash dieted and I tried so fast to get as skinny as I could um, because I, I knew I was gonna appear like shirtless on this thing. And so I finally get to like the lowest weight I've ever been thinking that that's going to be attractive or something and I, I'm getting ready to do the thing and then they have to push it uh, a, a while and so I kind of like start gaining weight again uh, and then <laughs> they they suddenly are like actually we are going to be able to do it sooner so then suddenly I'm like fuck I just gained so they much knew. weight they were yeah, just exactly. throwing you off <laughs> and I'm like damn I gained, uh, I gained so much weight so I have I have like 48 hours until the shoot so I stupidly, this is like one of the dumbest things I've ever done. I decide I'm not going to eat a single thing for 48 oh, hours. Oh no, that's not going to uh, help. And I'm not going to drink any water. So I get that really like oh, thin, yeah. thin look. Yeah. You um, just die. Yeah. So uh, the, the, the morning comes and I go and I'm like, okay, since it's morning before, I can, I can now have something small to eat and something small to drink because it's the morning of the shoot. Uh, and so I'm walking to like Starbucks on the street and I literally fainted <laughs> on oh my the street. God. Completely fainted from not eating or drinking because I'm a stupid idiot. Uh, and then, uh, and this like, this should have been, I should, I should have been like 18 when this happened. I was not 18. Um, and so I, I, I come to, to some guy going like, you okay, man? You okay? And I was like, I'm great. Never, don't worry about me. And I remember I was bleeding from my elbow. <laughs> Uh, and I still go to the shoot, um, but I'm worried that I'll pass out again, so I have a shitload of pasta first. Uh, like, I just stop somewhere, and I'm like, I need all your pasta. You're like Michael Scott eating instead of cheating. <laughs> yeah, it's a carb load, exactly. Yeah. So I, I end up at the shoot. It is what I thought it was. It's a stupid waxing show, and I have this huge pot belly from all the pasta I ate, but I'm also <laughs> like, I've got this severe headache from being dehydrated and malnourished. And I can't think of any of the answers to anything. So they're waxing me on every fucking question, the little <laughs> hair that I have. <laughs> and I remember when I took off my shirt and stuff, though I heard uh, the producer off screen go, he said he was hairy. <laughs> I was not. They had to find hair on me to wax after like two questions. They're like, well, that's everything he's got. And I was like, wait, try this spot. I hate it. It wasn't funny. I don't, I kind of blacked out most of the experience, but it's on YouTube. It's a show. I still remember the top comment was the things people do to be YouTube famous. <laughs> well, folks, you can find that find on YouTube. Find things. our shame. Go out, find our shame. Uh, yeah, send uh, your questions to find, find our shame, shame. <laughs> uh, at the PO yes. box. Find my shame. <laughs> or no <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. As soon as we're done taping, I'm going to go find this clip. I don't think you're going to find it, but maybe we'll see. Oh, know. I'll find it. Ugh. Well, folks, that is our show. Now, a reminder, you can join our official Discord by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash newrockstars, and you can submit questions to us that way. We usually see those before we see anything else you'll try to send us. Uh, you can also get an audio version of the show by subscribing to New Rockstars Big Question wherever you get your podcasts. And, uh, yeah, thanks to everyone who submitted questions. Some yeah. really good questions this week. This is fun. A lot of math. <laughs>
<laughs> and you can send us your big questions on Twitter, of course, using the hashtag BigQuestion, or mail us at RPO Box, listed here. You follow me at EA Voss, follow Philip at Philip Molina, and follow new rock stars on all socials, and subscribe here on YouTube to get too much information about the stuff you care about. Right. See you next week. Stay safe, Bye, Philip. Stay healthy. See ya. <laughs>